Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. I'm excited to have today Andrea Seffarelli, who's the Senior Vice President, Corporate Communications and Public Affairs for New York Blood Center. New York Blood Center was founded in 1964 and is a nonprofit organization that is one of the largest independent community-based blood centers in the world. They collect approximately 4,000 units of blood products each day and serve local communities of more than 75 million people in the tri-state area here in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, as well as the mid-Atlantic area, Missouri and Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Rhode Island, and Southern New England. The organization also provides a wide array of transfusion-related medical services to over 500 hospitals nationally, including comprehensive cell solutions, the National Center for Blood Group Genomics, the National Cord Blood Program, and the Lindsley F. Kimball Research Institute, which, among other milestones, developed a practical screening method for hepatitis B, as well as a safe, effective, and affordable vaccine and a patented solvent detergent plasma process, innovating blood purification technology worldwide. So, Andrea, it's great for you to be here and share what you do and how important it is. Thanks so much for having me today. It's my pleasure. I think people don't realize how important blood collection is until they need it. So I would really love for you to just share the the mission of New York Blood Center. So first and foremost, we uh, our mission is to provide life-saving blood and blood products. And those blood products are platelets and plasma and other derivatives of blood to the patients served by, you know, the 200 plus hospitals in our tri-state area. And like your milk or your butter or your eggs, um, blood is a product that has a shelf life. And so it's not good enough for everyone in the world to just give blood today and then we're good. We don't have to donate. It's something that's needed every day and there absolutely is no substitute. So that's our primary mission. And then we're super proud of our you know, life-saving research and other services. So in terms of like the average person, you know, how can they go about donating blood? And, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, donating on a regular basis. So could you talk about the importance and the accessibility to donate blood? Yeah. So first of all, there's a very small percentage of the population that's maintaining the community blood supply, meaning if you need blood, doesn't matter if you've ever given blood or your family member has given blood, if you need it, it should be there for you, whether it's red cells, platelets, or plasma. But it's only about four or five percent of the population that give. You can give five or six times per year or every 56 days for red cells. Platelets, you can give more often. And it takes about an hour. So I love to talk to the young kids who say, oh, no, I'm not giving blood. I don't like needles. And I love to challenge them a bit. Well, how'd you pierce your ear nine times or Mm -hmm. your tongue or you have a tattoo? It's that same sort of minor discomfort. So a small pinch to give a life-saving unit of blood, which is about the size of a pint of ice cream. I love to say the size of Ben and Jerry's. So an hour start to finish. Giving blood, that portion of it is about 10 to 14 minutes. And then the final step in giving blood is enjoying juice and cookies. So it's really a a pretty nice process, even though most people don't do it. 
And then talk about the types of patients that rely on these blood donations. So um, there's the trauma patient. So you didn't expect to need blood today. You have a car accident or a major trauma of some sort. So you're generally healthy, but you need to replace fluid volume lost in a trauma. Then there are bloodborne illnesses, cancers, leukemias, or something like aplastic anemia or sickle cell, where Mm -hmm. you might have a lifetime of needing blood and blood products to be well and healthy. And so those patients might need a regular transfusion quite often. And in fact, we have a a good friend of the blood center where just in the last four years, she's used 400 units of blood for sickle cell. So then there's newborn babies, pregnant women, you know, a knee surgery might be a one unit or two. So those are the most common uses for blood and blood products. So talk to me about the impact of the pandemic on your operations, because obviously it's so critical to continue to get blood, but I have to imagine it must've been hard when people were home. Yeah, the pandemic really destroyed the foundation on which we collect blood. And what I mean by that is New York Blood Center went to you. We went to your place of employment, your place of worship, Mm -hmm. high schools, colleges, the New York Mets, the New York Yankees. We went to Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and health fairs. We went into the community to make giving blood something that was in front of you. You donated with your coworkers, with your peers. And overnight, like everything, we were shut down and we had to rely on just 18 blood donor centers instead of five. 500 community blood drives per month, plus our donor centers. Mm. So overnight, it was less convenient to give blood and you had to seek out a donor center. The other major impact is that 75,000 annual blood donations came from youth donors, where you got to get out of biology or chemistry in high school and donate with your friends, or you walked across campus at a college And those institutions had their own challenges with remote and blended learning. And they're back at about 25 or 30% of pre-pandemic. And so losing those first-time donors has been pretty critical. So we're slowly rebuilding. And then the final factor is that the need for blood is actually greater than pre-pandemic. There's a Mm. lot of theories. One is that people put off care and surgeries while the Mm -hmm. hospitals were full of COVID patients, but it seems to be sustained. And so the need is greater and the challenges are, are still there. So I'm interested, I'm very curious about the blood supply. So I have to imagine, do you store it? How long can a blood supply last? Like if I donate my blood today, how how long is that good for? Yeah, great question. So red cells last 42 days, which Mm. is really a month and a third, but really hospitals prefer that blood is on the younger side in the dating scale and platelets just last five to seven days. So platelets are needed for cancer patients and especially going through chemotherapy, they prevent internal bleeding and platelets have a five to a one week shelf life. So there's a constant need for blood and blood products. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, like that it really does have a a short period of time until it has to be used. So you're saying that the supply really still needs to be caught up because of the demand? 
Yeah. So I feel like I've said this for 30 months, but they're sort of pre-pandemic. It wasn't uncommon to have what we call a blood emergency around heading into the December, January holidays, maybe Memorial Day or 4th of July, maybe Labor Day. And that all made perfect sense, right? People are preoccupied with the holidays or took time off for family and friends. Yeah. Blood emergency, I feel like we're just sort of bobbing at the water level. People are certainly donating, but pre-pandemic, there was a national surplus. Not that it was a lot, but if you had a nor'easter in the east or you had Hurricane Harvey in Texas, there was just enough blood in the country where we'd share with one another. Now, this is the COVID hit the world. It didn't just hit the US or the Mm. Northeast. We're all sort of just surviving supply to patient. There's no surplus. And so this blood emergency is not that people are not donating. It's just that we're just short of a couple thousand every single month. And we're just sort of hand to mouth, right? And so we need first time donors and we need those that maybe stopped donating during the pandemic to please come back. What about going out to businesses? Are you back to that yet? Or is it still people have to come in? Yeah, we are definitely back, but it's different. So our lives have changed in some ways in a good way where people get to work from home. So you Mm -hmm. might have gone to a large corporation that on any given day had a thousand people in the building. And now on any given day, they might have 300. So the blood drive might have had 100 donations. Now it's 30. So yes, we're definitely going back and we're starting to see our schools and colleges, but it's just not the same. So the organization just opened up a new donor center in Brooklyn. So I'd love for you maybe just to share some of the projects or how this center will impact the region's blood supply. Will that help? And, you know, maybe if you could just share where in Brooklyn it is and, and really what the role that facility is playing. Yeah, thank you. So 30 Flatbush Avenue, we used to have a donor center on Willoughby. So kind of around the corner, just lost our lease like any business, you know, might as Brooklyn is just expanding and up and coming. And then the pandemic hit. So it just delayed our finding an appropriate space. So we had our grand opening last Monday. The donor center is vibrant and huge and has a mural by Vincent Valentine featuring blood recipients. So It's big. It could have our first target is about 10,000 annual donations, but it has capacity for double. And Brooklyn, with the remote work, a lot of people that had to commute into Manhattan or other boroughs or other parts of the state are now sort of staying in Brooklyn. So it could be one of our top donor centers. We're super excited about it. And I know you have a building in in Long Island City. I think it's Vernon Boulevard that I always pass. I don't know if that's a center or if that's more of an office facility. So that's our manufacturing, actually. So no donor center there, although we could set up sort of a pop-up there. Uh Um, Yeah, so that's when the blood is donated. It comes back to our manufacturing facility. That's where we figure out what blood type it is, take a unit of whole blood, turn it into platelets, plasma, and then store it. So refrigerators and freezers. It actually Mm -hmm. has our cord blood inventory, which is the largest and rarest cord blood inventory in the world in that building. And then we distribute and set up blood drives from there. So our donor buses and 
donor coaches. And yes, yeah, so that's one of our buildings. Oh, that's terrific. So share with our listeners where they can find out more about New York Blood Center, as well as how they can donate and or volunteer. Yes. Yeah, so um, there are those that can donate blood. So great. NYBC.org. We have a zip code finder. So if you're looking for a place to donate either a donor center or an open to the public community blood drive, just pop in your zip code in it and how far you're willing to travel. And it will give you all of your choices. And then if you're not able to give blood, you can volunteer for New York Blood Center. People don't think of us as a not-for-profit, but we're a very large Mm not-for-profit. And if you can't donate, you can donate to our research uh, endeavors. Um, You can target your gift for certain projects. Like we happen to need a new donor coach where, you know, if you don't have an office space to host a blood drive, our bus or donor coach is a great option. And they really uh, deteriorated during the pandemic. So you could donate a bus to us and put your name on the side of it and support us that way, or send us $10. You know, we have a text to donate option as well, all identified on our website at nybc.org. Well, I have to be honest, Andrew, it's been a while since I personally have donated blood, but through this conversation, you definitely motivated me to go out and do it because I do recognize how important it is. And you don't want to just think about things when you need them or your family needs them because it goes both ways. So it's been really a pleasure having you on and sharing all about the New York Blood Center. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me and appreciate you amplifying the message. It truly makes a difference. And we see a spike in first-time donors and those that are lapsed, including you, uh, because once a donor, you're always a blood donor. So really appreciate the support. Uh, It's our pleasure. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com. 